Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who take big pieces of wood and make them smaller. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's 189, yeah, episode 189 for July 7th, 2014. On today's show, we're talking about oil finish inhalation hazards, long miters with hand tools, and woodworking when your job moves you around the country. And before we get to that, you would normally hear a word from our sponsors. There is no sponsor, so you know what we'll do? We'll thank those recurring donors who signed up for recurring donations, something you could do at woodtalkshow.com if you'd like to help us out. Uh, David P., Brian R., John S., and David T. And let me tell you, David T. hooked us up, you guys. Ooh, so, so, nice. so, Matt, when you're at the taco truck next time, you can get two, not just one. Oh, sweet. Wait, wait. Can I get can I get the shredded beef or the ground beef? <laughs> you can get both, buddy. Oh, <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> thank you so, so much. You yeah. have no idea what you're going to have done for my lunch. And uh, I do want to apologize. We missed last week's show. It was just before the, the holiday, and we kind of just uh, looked around, sort of looked around the virtual room over email and said, should... What are we going to do? Are we doing a show? Someone can't make it. And it got really confusing really fast. And we just decided we would skip uh, last week's show. But we're back with a regular yes, schedule. I, I think Matt said it best in email earlier today. I remember why we used to take a summer hiatus because <laughs> scheduling for I don't know, because we're, we're it's looking, hard. Just just a heads up. There's all kinds of weird scheduling issues for the rest of the summer. So you could be getting all kinds of crazy schedule interruptions over yeah. the next two months. Well, and so. we tried to do the single topic shows as kind of filler to, to glide over these bumps and <laughs> these hills and valleys. So you don't notice, but uh, yeah, it is difficult. There's a lot of travel going on. I'm out of town next week. So we'll have another single topic show then. And Matt, you're, you're going to be out of town and then Shannon, you're out of town. It's like, it's nuts. So we're going to do the best we can. We really want to keep this on a regular schedule because uh, we know everybody enjoys it. We enjoy doing it on a regular schedule and um, it's all good. So, we apologize. Yeah, so I, in I the future, we're probably going to have like Samantha, Nicole, and Heather on, and they're just going to do the show while the three <laughs> of us go in. somewhere. There you go. Yeah, because I was just going to say, like, you know, if 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 you notice that a show is missing, it's it's not you, it's us. Well, actually, it's you. 
Well, yeah. Well, and if it's especially the live stuff, we're still uh, always trying to do the live show. But now there were server issues with the live server. So um, and that's not under our control. We just have to keep our stuff updated and and hopefully it works. So if you do try to catch us live, it is always going to be at Monday, um, Monday at six. What do you call it? Six p.m. Eastern. But sometimes we don't we can't get the live thing going. So if you're sitting around looking for it, that's that's the problem. Uh, real quick, I should mention, if you want to get email notifications, we've mentioned this before, uh, just go to woodtalkshow.com, look in the left-hand column, and there's a, a little thing where you can put your email in, and you'll get an email notification as soon as a new show is published. You don't have to chase us down. We come right to your inbox. The three of us are smiling faces saying, hey, there's a new episode. You know, I love that because I have signed up for it just to make sure that it comes through and that we're not just pulling <laughs> people's legs. And every time I get it, I get a big smile. I'm like, that's us. That's like, oh, it's a nice surprise. I had no idea this was coming. I, I didn't know those guys recorded without me. What's going on? <laughs> Wait right. a minute. All right. So let's move into what's on the bench. And uh, I'll go first. I'm getting into the world of upholstery. What? Because why not? You know? So you're going to become the tack whisperer? Something like that. I'm going to be hanging out with all the sweet ladies at Joanne's Fabrics. Oh, nice. Hey, ladies. How's it going? Do you like a yard of the leather <laughs> or ta- two yards? I'll take two of those. Uh, oh yeah, I was actually at Joanne uh, Fabric, the fabric store today, and... Um, really cool place like i could see i could see how people who are into that how why they would love to hang out there um very helpful people uh my my mom actually got involved to help me out because it's her friend that's doing the sewing portion of the the uh, the work that needs to be done for the morris chair so they're kind of working together and man the prices you can get this stuff at like it's it's fairly expensive but a store like that has sales all the time and coupons all the time. You can get it for like 50% off if you want to be like diligent about chasing down the best prices. And my mom is great at that. She's a real good bargain hunter. So she got me all the foam that I needed and we got some material and, um, you know, like the webbing for the, the seat cushion. So I'm going to do as much of it as I can myself. But there's a certain point on a chair like this where like the back cushion, it's an independent cushion. So it, it, there's no way to get around the sewing process. So either if you know how to sew, you you can do it, but if not, you're probably going to need some help. Um, but I am going to be doing a lot of the upholstery stuff myself. Uh, and by a lot, I mean just the footstool. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's plenty. So that's, yeah, that is plenty for me. Um, and I'm hoping it comes out better than my Christmas gifts, uh, the way they look when they're wrapped. <laughs> so, well, that would be the one you're like, oh my gosh. Santa didn't wrap that. Mark did. I recognize it now because of look at his footstool. <laughs> look at all the wrinkles on this one. Now I know who my secret Santa is this year. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing was? Uh, interesting p- sort of parallel experience. I went on YouTube and I'm just kind of trying to get ideas for for what people are doing when they're they're uh, wrapping upholstery around. And I've got the idea down. I understand that. I just wanted to see more people doing it so I'd get a little bit more experience under my belt with this. And I guess I I see what people must go through when they search for woodworking topics on YouTube and how you really do have to wade through a sea of crap before you find something that actually like hits the target. (laughs) (laughs) And not to, you know, we have a lot of uh, uh, folks who put their stuff online, so I don't want to begrudge anyone that or uh, be mean to anybody. But there's, I mean, the thing is you could take a quick video on your phone and upload it. That's the great thing about YouTube. It's also the crappy thing about YouTube. So <laughs> right, exactly. uh, interesting process. I've yet to find the video I'm looking for, but it, it was enlightening to at least see some of this upholstery process and how it goes down. So good well, stuff. If worst comes to worse, you could just knit something, mm-hmm. knit a little, little cozy to cover your foam. Yeah, yep. that's true. Didn't you share something on Facebook of somebody making some uh, knitting needles or something like oh, that? Oh yeah. It was a, yeah, it was like a crocheting set, but they turned handles for them. 
Oh, gotcha. That's what it was. Yeah. I couldn't tell if they were for crochet, knit, or vampire killing. Well, they, they all kind of had that same feel. <laughs> to be honest, I wouldn't know the difference I if I say, saw them. Is there a difference between those? I don't know. Uh, I, I, my, my mom used to crochet, but she never had uh, needles that big. Yeah. Grandma crocheted. She had big needles. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> Grandma's got oh, some grandpa big needles. That. <laughs> Grandma's got big needles. Um, well, you know, I, I just have to go back to the uh, the Joanne Fabrics thing. We were there this weekend, too, and the lady behind me, she noticed that I was on my iPhone. She said, are you looking up the Hobby Lobby uh, coupons, too? And I said, why would I be doing that? I'm at Joanne. She goes, because they take them here and they give you a bigger discount. I'm what? Like, really? You said so Hobby Lobby. They, hmm, match, okay. they match their uh, discounts, huh? Yeah, well, it's the, I guess it's only the coupons on the uh, iPhone app, and you have to go to their their website. It's a, it's a whole thing. Yeah. By the time she showed me how to do it, Sam had already cashed us out and was sitting in the car. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, Matt. <laughs> Standing on the horn. Come on. Pretty oh, we, much. Uh, we, should, we shouldn't talk about Hobby Lobby. That's controversial these days, isn't it? Uh, as of this episode, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, uh, Shannon, how about you? Still uh, in, in the renovation throes? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, the trials of renovating an existing shop. I feel like I should have just like cleared everything out, just put it out on the curb and hope that no one took it. And mm-hmm. it would have been so much easier. Because moving, <laughs> I, I mean, I've moved my treadle lathe and my joinery bench like seven times from one wall to the other wall. And How's your back? back? Again. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's the kind of work that just like a couple days of moving stuff around my back is just killing me it, oh, yeah. I don't envy that yeah well I actually did um, uh, was painting the walls I was using a, just a Wagner you know one of those power painter spray things mm-hmm. and uh, man you don't realize the, those, those weird muscles that you use <laughs> holding that thing like at arm's length up to spray from like shoulder level up yeah. and I was only doing it for like a half an hour but Geez, I was really sore after yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I was like, man, I'm a real wimp. <laughs> this is pathetic. But the good news is it is so close, so close. Um, I've got just one tiny little section left to demolish, and there's nothing in the way of letting me demolish. That was the biggest thing is I couldn't tear cabinets down because there was still a bunch of stuff on them yeah. or in them. And that last little segment of cabinets is now empty and ready to be demolished. And there is the wiring is done. And there is a space for the planer, which gets delivered by UPS Freight tomorrow between 11 and 7. Nice. So I'm really excited about that. 20-inch planer. Yes. The one the that as mother. soon as the guy delivers it, he's going to be like, oh, my God, you know, there's muscles you don't know you use until you're dropping off a 20-inch planer. <laughs> right. 880 pounds, one box. Is uh, what the, uh, built-in mobile says. base on that thing, I hope? Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> So, so it's going to be the question of, I paid for the liftgate service, so it's going to be the question of whether or not the guy will let me use his hand truck to get it up the driveway to the garage door, or am I going to be like taking the box apart in the, you know, at the curb and assembling the mobile base on the curb in order to hopefully push it up that little hill on from the curb to the driveway? You know, you know the, the funny thing is every time I've gotten a liftgate delivery of anything, I always just expect that they're going to take it into the shop, and they do. And this one last time where I got a, a, a machine in, somebody, the, the guy was like, oh, we're not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to just drop it off at the curb. Right. And I'm like, well, I did not know that. So all these all these people were doing this and they're not supposed to. I guess there's liability uh, issues there. But yeah, so if you can get them up the driveway, that's great. But it, like, apparently they're not supposed to. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, all common carriers, and I deal with this at the lumber yard, the common carriers are very specific in what they can't do uh-huh. to the point where we have to tell our customers, don't expect the driver to help you unload this lumber. Yeah. It's not his job. You know, he, he, he can't do it. He's not, you know, insured or liable for any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in our experience, just the guys are nice, you know, I mean, yeah, they just... maybe have been sitting behind a wheel. So they're like to get out and <laughs> kind of stretch the legs <laughs> a little. So, I mean, I think, I think the accepted thing is, you know, to ask, can, can you take that up there? And I also find it helps if you, uh, if you answer the door in short shorts. Ooh, yeah, definitely. They're very helpful then. And, and a do you, do you near those legs in your hand when you shake his hand? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, twenties. You'd see the the one time I had the problem, I stood there and went, "This one dollar is for you." Up <laughs> hey, there, <laughs> I think the biggest issue will be the um, the firestorm that erupts that I started to see a little bit of today when I announced that it was going to be delivered tomorrow. The firestorm of um, hand tool purists. They're going to start whoa, whoa, whoa. giving did, me but, royal hell. But didn't for you planer. didn't you like put the 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 kindling and the match out there when you said like Hantel purists are going to be really upset? Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah, you kind of were asking. For <laughs> like, <it. laughs> I want to say kind that this passive just passive aggressive wasn't. Uh, yeah, it? yeah, I was yeah. going to say this didn't just like fall upon you. <laughs> I, think I, I think I chose the word zealot actually, yeah, which yeah. was probably a little bit more inflammatory. <laughs> but you know, I figure you might as well you know start the spark rather than yeah. let somebody else start it for me. I might as well just go ahead and get it over with. Right. But, there you go. Well, maybe yeah, when you have the video for it, uh, the unveiling, you should uh, open it with Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. There we go. <laughs> Although, you know, at the, at the risk of being controversial, I will say in doing this renovation, and you know, I pulled out my my track saw <clears throat> to do the breaking down of the, the plywood panels. And of course, you know, I'm using in my 18 volt cordless drill to install the stuff. And I've gotten my share of stuff on YouTube. About, oh my God, he was using a power tool. I thought it was Armageddon or something like that. Yeah, that's fine. It's all good fun and everything. But, um, I will admit, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. Um, being a hybrid woodworker actually requires you to think more than being just a power tool woodworker or just a hand tool woodworker, because it's a totally different mind, like totally different headspace. Yeah. You know, you can be all hand tool and you kind of get in that headspace. And it's not that one is more dangerous than another, although you probably can make a case for high RPM spinning blades are more dangerous than low RPM blades, but you know, both you can hurt yourself with. Um, but you, you get into the mindset of working with hand tools and you adapt to the safety concerns and the pace and how you work there. You get into the mindset with power tools and you adapt when you switch back and forth, like running the track saw across the, the, the uh, plywood. I found myself in several situations where I was in an awkward body position because I hadn't thought it through because yeah. I was so used <laughs> to working with a handsaw where, mm. You know, you, you don't handsaw across a 48-inch wide panel, whereas you're sliding a track saw across 40 inches, and you find yourself, like, overextending and totally off balance because you didn't think it through. And then the next cut, you're like, okay, I need to think this through, figure out, you know, where my body needs to go, where the cord needs to go through that, that pass, and then you're good. Sure. But for those first couple of cuts, when you transition from hand to power and then from power back to hand, it's a totally different headspace, and you have to, like, you have to think a lot more. So, you know, kudos well, to the hybrid guys. They're, they're just smarter than me, I guess. Cause well, I think the thing I is really though, struggled, but you, you've uh, put yourself so far into the hand tool world and it almost un, what would be the way to describe it? It's almost unnatural. Like, <laughs> in, in, you know what I mean? In 2014, no, like in 2014, yes. the year 2014, we have technology that can do a right. lot of the things that you do, uh, that make it a little easier for you, whether, but you're making the conscious choice not to do it. So you're, you're putting yourself into this headspace uh, that requires you to rethink it when now you're using power tools again. I think most people understand that power tool world and can relate to it. And when you pull hand tools in from the other direction, it's not as big of a, it's not as big of a jump 
You know what I mean? So right. I think you've almost right. artificially trained and, and molded your brain to think a little differently than most people's brains work. Well, I yeah. believe clinically I, it's called masochism. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's very true. <laughs> when I pulled the trigger on that track saw on my first cut, I believe that was the first time in three years I've used a power tool. You peed your pants a little bit? I mean, it was like... It, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say no, but it was this very surreal experience. Oh, that's loud. I was like, oh my God, you know, that's loud. Like, holy crap, that's loud. Holy jeez. <laughs> Did was, you throw was, it down and run away? <laughs> <laughs> right. Heather, oh my God, oh my God. And just throw it out the, out this, the This saw is possessed. <laughs> He's cuddled in the corner with Alex in a ball. Well, you know, I, w- I was thinking that if anybody complains <laughs> about your 20-inch planer, you should be like, oh, I'm sorry, you misunderstood me. I said I got 20, 20 planers coming in to visit. Or it could be a very small, a 20-inch tall person who does planing. There you go. Yes. It's a 20-inch planer. It's a a (laughs) 20-inch apprentice. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That would actually go really well considering the popularity of of little people on TV recently. (laughs) Interesting. Start calling you the Willy Wonka woodworking. There you go. Nice. That's See, every shop needs an Oompa Loompa or four. (laughs) Just for the music. You know? And yeah. I think we just got the, the, the show title. Every shop needs an Oompa Loompa. Yes. <laughs> there <perfect>. you go. <laughs> right, so that sounds good, man. Anyway, enough of me. What about you, Matt? Well, you know, the, my favorite part about listening to the two of you talk about this is it's so funny because people just tease me so much about how long my projects take. Oh, my gosh. They go on forever and ever. He's always talking about it from episode to episode. I think if we will go back and look. How many episodes now have you, you both been working on these two different projects? 250. <laughs> There we go. Exactly. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, because I haven't been doing a lot of woodworking myself. Again, working with some scrap stuff, uh, making some these neat little scrap wood clipboards for Sam's photography stuff, an idea she came up with. That's why I was at Joanne Fabrics, uh, also looking at neat um, upholstery stuff, too, that I will never use. Uh, but I was looking mm-hmm. for some hardware stuff with her. But the big thing that I has been keeping me out of the shop, unfortunately, is uh, we have older wooden windows. And so my woodworking experience pretty much has been wrapped around reglazing those things, which has taught me two things. Number one, I need Aiden to learn how to do this so I can stop doing it. <laughs> and number two, I need to start rating the kids college funds so that we can pay for vinyl windows so I never have to do it again. Yikes. Sounds fun. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in do it once just so you can say you've done it. And then pay someone to do it. <laughs> Drywall, it's one of those things. It's a good yep, policy for there, life if, if you can afford it. You know, do it once, then you could be like, okay, I know what I know what this is about, and then pay somebody else. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do that next time somebody asks me to be a parent. I'm be like, mm, how much do I have to give you for you to do it? <laughs> that's great, man. If, if Nicole and I ever have a second kid, that's a great policy. Be like, I did it. I did it once. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, now, I'm out of here. Now, You're okay. They make they uh, like people do this. So okay, how much is this? Oh, forty thousand a year. Never mind. Mm, okay, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll do I it ourselves. Guess I could break out my big boy pants and try it again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move into what's new. Got some links, uh, things you guys shared with us. Really great videos and other uh, things to check out. The first one here was sent in by Sean. It's the blowpipe maker. Another. Uh, I love this guy's haircut. <laughs> Dude, you stole my thunder. Um, I was going to mention like the most, the coolest bowl cut mullet that I've ever seen. <laughs> it was. It was awesome. I, mean, I kept showing it to my hairstylist going, we have to do we've this. We've got to work toward this. I mean, and that's not something you just do. You got to work toward it. It's uh, probably the first time that the word cool and bowl cut mullet have been in the same sentence together. <laughs> uh, but it won't be the last. It's a new thing. That's right. We're trendsetters. Uh, yeah. So this is actually a really fun video to watch of, of this guy making this blowgun. And he is sort of um, hollowing it out first while it's still square. And then he shapes the outside. 
And he, uh, to me, actually, the woodworking was was neat to see because he's a very modest uh, amount of things that he has to work with. But what I found the most interesting was him describing the poison and the darts that are used. <laughs> right, right. And he's, uh, he's explaining that, well, all you need is just to get this little prick. If you just get like a little scratch, that is enough to basically stop you from breathing and then you die. And, and he's just like casually using the stuff and it's like, the, it just boggles my mind. And this is something, you know, where this person is, is done for the sake of survival. You know, this isn't just like, oh, it'd be fun to make a, a, a blow dart gun today. Uh, it's just really, really mind boggling how, how, how some other people around the world live. It's eye opening when you see this stuff. Uh, but you have to appreciate the craftsmanship that's going into this thing as well. So fun little video to watch. Definitely check it out. The blowpipe maker. And uh, we'll have that embedded in the show notes for you. Absolutely. Hey man, you had a dart in your neck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we got another video here. Completely different. Totally the opposite in any possible way. Uh, and this came from Dan. He said, I thought you guys might get a kick out of this young woodworker turning a bull. And this is This Woodwork with Alex Harris. Um, I started watching this and thinking, you know what, kid? Get away from me. You're starting to show it everybody up and I'm really angry with you and your parents need to have a conversation. You can't even uh, make fun of his hair. Uh, I you know? was too busy watching him create this amazing bowl. Oh, this, okay. It's a segmented bowl. I love the way that he got everything lined up, started going. It looks fantastic. He did all this, this amazing work. And then I love the, towards the end of it, the only part where I kind of laughed and was like, you deserve that was part of the bowl broke while he was uh, working on the lathe. But then he turns around and shows me up by making it just a little bit narrower. And it turned out completely awesome. So Alex, kudos to you. I hate you. Ah, Alex <laughs> is a good guy. Definitely. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's got a some, pretty huge body of work on YouTube now, too. He does. Yeah, he does. And his stuff is just amazing. I mean, I would kill at my age to do the things he's doing at his age. Yes. What you said. Yes. Um, you know, does he, how old is he? He's got to be he's like 30 now, now, right? So... Guys, <laughs> yeah, no, because that's the funny thing is a lot. Um, there, there were quite a few for a while there, young woodworkers, and there was like the teenage woodworker for a while, and they sort of come on the scene as these young kids, and and it's amazing because they're really, really getting into it. They're doing pretty good work, and then at the, you know they they sort of thrive on this whole persona of being a teenage woodworker, but that doesn't last very long, and then they're like in their twenties. And then now they're they're just young men doing what they do. And Alex is one of those guys who was who was there uh, when he was definitely what you would consider a teenager. And clearly in fact, now he and the teenage woodworker did a joint thing for a couple, yeah. couple oh, of shows. The they did transcontinental. Little, Alex is, is across the pond. Was it wasn't and, it like um, transcontinental wood talk or something? Yes, like that? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh, crap. I forgot about that. Yeah, no. So this is great. And, and here's the thing. This is what I love about something like the, the, you know, the YouTube environment, the online environment, or, you know, this kid being inspired when he's a teenager just to get into this stuff for fun. And, and now he's in college, he's doing his thing. And you can see the level of work that he's doing now because he's just been doing it on the side, you know, as a hobby and he's growing with it. And, and here he is now a young man kicking butt out there making this, you know, beautiful segmented bowl. Uh, it's just awesome. I think it's just a great example of what can happen where, where folks, I don't know, sometimes in our, in our industry, in this world, we tend to, to cry that everybody, our, our woodworkers are dying off and, and no new ones are coming in to take their place. And I don't, I don't know that that's true anymore. We know what would be really awesome is if they were both named Alex and they, they could be like the Corys. Yeah. There we go. You know, and that, then we're like, oh no, whatever. Let's, let's not. <laughs> they both, so I guess that makes them like the brat pack. Well, what, where, when is the drug phase? Uh, when does that start? 
<laughs> got to be by now. Probably when they're listening to the show going, I can't believe those old guys think they're funny. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, this, this is interesting because Alex was the teenage woodworker. Is that? And he changed it to this woodwork. Obvious reasons, because I guess he's not a teenager. Yeah, anymore. he thought ahead. But what's funny is I can't find the name of that other kid. He was on Lumberjacks he was, he a was, lot. He was in, in the U.S. and yeah, Alex yeah, yeah. is over in the U.K. But he was also the, the teenage woodworker, right? Yeah, I think he was. Mm. Yeah. He's just – Alex has just erased that kid from from like the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the, they had a falling out. It was it was messy. Uh, all right, Shannon. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm you, you got one. So – uh, Levi, we're going to credit Levi with sending in this picture, but this is this has quickly gone viral. It's it's been shared with me by any number of sources. It's a uh, called table topography, <clears throat> and Greg Clausen is the um, woodworker, craftsman, whatever you want to call him, artist. He's got this this furniture and this specific table that looks exactly like a topo map, and um, it, it's a uh, two live edge pieces that he's done like this blue and I can't quite tell if it's like an epoxy in the middle within glass over top with a really, really high gloss top, but it looks like an aerial view of like, you know, a Canyon with a river running through the middle of it. It's this really, really cool thing. And it sits on um, metallic legs. And if you look at uh, Greg's website and look at some of his other work, it's just very, I don't even want to call it maybe somewhat whimsical, but very kind of back to nature. Um, style of furniture. Very, very cool stuff. Needless to say, the minute I saw it, I added it to one of my Pinterest boards because it's just a really, really cool table. Yeah, so yes. yeah. Very pretty to look at for sure. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's, it reminds me of just how much of an artist I'm not. Um, <laughs> Cause it's like, I, I have a board kind of not quite to this extreme, but I have a board with this enormous knot in the middle that's, that's fallen out. So there's this kind of chasm in the middle of the cherry board. And my, my thought was, Oh, wouldn't it be fun to like, pour in some epoxy and then stick like, you know, a little like rubber ducky in there and then pour more epoxy on it. That was as artistic as I got basically <laughs> an inlaid rubber ducky. I like you that. Know, I, I look at something like this and it's like, yeah, I'm pretty much just need to copy other people's designs because yeah. I don't deserve to be designing. Yeah. My idea of like being really artistic is I use a paint name uh, that I can't pronounce. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Very exotic. With a little, yeah. with a little crackle paint effect. I'll, I'll go with the Maganetta. Oh, uh, Matt, that's magenta. What? Oh, Maganetta. Oh. In that case. <laughs> he was in the X-Men, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of my other favorite ones, right next to Rogue. Good one. All right, let's move on to the poll of the week from our good buddy, Tom Iovino at tomsworkbench.com. Uh, Tom asked, well, this was last week, and I'm just using an old one, but Tom says, have you ever built an outdoor project? And you can go to the Wood Whisperer and look for that poll and answer that. And I think what we're going to do from now on, as per a suggestion by a listener, we are going to announce the new poll, simply ask the question, and then we'll actually give the results very quickly of the previous poll. So you kind of got to you know get an idea of what last week's uh, answers were. Because uh, the polls are posted on the same day that we publish the show. So there's not really <laughs> enough information um, to really give good uh, good results. So I think that'll be a much better, I, I agree, that was a great suggestion, a much better way to handle the polls from now on. So next week we'll talk a little bit more about um, building outdoor projects and, and your answers to that question. Is, is this just a yes or no question? I mean, how many options does he give? It's Tom. Have you ever built a project? It is Tom, and he can come up with seven or eight different answers to that question. <laughs> does one of them include no, but I have built a project outside? It's one of them is no, but how are you doing? 
Uh, all right, let's move into our kickback segment. We've got a, a couple of them here, one from Bill. And this is in reference to the, remember last time we talked about the nail gun incident from the Bostitch oh, yeah. uh, pinner? Well, apparently someone else agrees that it is a problem. He says, I always thought the movie nail gun fights were, the movies about nail gun fights were silly until I got a Bostitch 23 gauge pinner. I used this pinner less than two minutes before deciding that it's the most dangerous tool I've ever owned. The triggers are extremely light and are parallel lying in the same plane. Most two trigger guns have the triggers oriented perpendicular to one another, one horizontal, one vertical. The perpendicular arrangement requires two distinct movements to fire the gun uh, the way the boss stitch is designed when picking up the gun your fingers naturally fall on both triggers and bang uh, what what were the boss stitch designers thinking didn't anyone try this out before they brought it to market i have several other boss stitch guns and love them but this thing is crazy i replaced the trigger spring with a much stronger one it's less likely to fire unintentionally and i feel a little safer using it i intend to replace the gun in the future with a safer gun most likely senko or grex you must uh, never allow yourself to become distracted when using this gun. It must never be used when anyone else is around. Always disconnect it from air except when you are actually driving pins. And uh, do not let children or pets in the shop when this tool is live. And most important, if you're in the market for a pinner, look elsewhere. That just reminds me of the happy fun ball sketch from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> do not use Boss Ditch 23 while other people are around. Do yeah. not taunt Boss Ditch 23. <laughs> so we're, uh, I guess we're not going to be getting that Boss Ditch show sponsorship. That explains <laughs> the not. email that just came in. <laughs> so much for that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, hey, we I, have I would kick- love to hear from one of their engineers, though. Like, seriously, what were you thinking? What is the reason for this? Yeah. Uh, what, uh, yeah, that would be a good one. Okay. You can go down, Matt. Okay, good. I had something really good, and then I decided not to go with. I'm saving it for the next kickback episode <laughs> and okay. the following, the next one in, in 190. All right. So, hey, we have one from Kevin, and Kevin says, in response to David's email about using inlay, I wanted to suggest taking a look at my recent video where I used hand plane shavings in the inlay. And Kevin uh, left us a link, so we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. And he also goes on to say, I'm also told that David Marks did something similar using brass tubing. The point being that you can stick in something with some fine detail to it and get an intricate look. You know, if you read that differently, that could be completely taken in another direction. (laughs) Nice. All right. Uh, We do have a voicemail today. You guys want to do that one? Yeah. Let's do it. Is is that who I think it is? It is. It's our good buddy, Roberto. Oh, my Lord. He actually had two, and uh, I took the first one. Um, I guess maybe he thought we weren't going to answer this one, but we didn't do a show last week. So uh, I, this, to me, was the better question. So here we go. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Roberto from Illinois. My sister-in-law wants a new kitchen table. Now, here's the, the basics on it. It's going to be a round tabletop, four legs, four square legs, and table aprons. Really simple, not too bad. I've built them before. Now, she threw me a, a little curveball here because she wants a shelf on the bottom connected to all four legs about halfway in between table aprons and the bottom of the legs. Now, my question to you is, should I notch each leg and then fit the square platform into that notch, or should I notch the corners of the platform into 90 degrees and fit them to the 90-degree edges of the table legs? I hope I make sense, and that there's something else that I'm missing, another method, another way, then let me know. All right. Thanks a lot, fellas. Bye. All right. So fundamental problem here that tends to happen with uh, tables with shelves. If you're trying to mount that table and it's uh, or the shelf in uh, into the legs and it's a solid wood 
panel, you've got wood movement issues. So how do you arrange it in those legs so that it's still allowed to move, but it isn't pushing the legs out at the same time? So what he's asking about is should he be notching the legs somehow to allow that panel to sit in there and move? And, you know, basically, what would we do in this situation? So do you guys have a suggestion for Roberto? I would just ignore my sister-in-law for as long as possible and walk away. <laughs> Don't answer her emails. <laughs> exactly, because she's only a sister-in-law, so it's not that important. No, uh, my first thought, and, and usually um, I, I love the idea of going with the notch, but oftentimes I find myself maybe going with something like a, like, like a dowel system or something like that. That's mm-hmm. usually one of the one of the things I'll go to if it's possible. Um, sure, sure. There might be you know, maybe an angle or something where, well, you could just angle the the mating face or something. But uh, I, dowel is my answer. Is that the correct one? <laughs> dowel. Uh, let me see. I Judges say what no. You, what you have to look at is if he notches the shelf to go around it, you still have to find a way to attach that to the leg. Right. So, you know, you could put a, you know, a glue block or a ledger strip underneath it, or probably the more elegant solution would be to create a corresponding notch on the leg itself. So you kind of house that, that little corner cut out on the shelf. Yep. Either way, if you do it the other way where you kind of spread it, go from corner to corner, you end up creating like a mortise and tenon type thing and you have to notch or mortise into the leg and either one, you really should be cutting into the leg no matter how you do it. So, and I, and I think there are ways to um, accommodate wood movement in either way. So I think it becomes an aesthetic thing. Um, it comes down to, do you want that? If it, in, in my opinion, if you were to notch out the corners of the shelves, you kind of square that shelf with the leg assembly. If you kind of mount it on the corners, so you're, you're actually cutting a flat on the inside heiress of the legs. To me, that just looks cooler yeah. because you get this like circle and diamond pattern rather than circle and square, which might come off as a little blocky. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm it's visioning this in my head. It's one of those things where I think that the notching will work. You can notch the shelf and the leg in such a way that you allow for wood movement, but you still keep everything nice and tight and in a fixed position for the most part. But I think th- these shelves kind of have an opportunity as a floating shelf. There's a design opportunity there to have fun. Yeah. And I think that's where you're going, Shannon. You you can do some really cool things tackling the wood movement issue at the same time as as you know, really ramping up the the look of the piece as well so yeah if, if i were building it i would do a mortise on the inner heiress just because i think first of all it'd be kind of a cool challenge but i just think it would look really cool it'd be a juxtaposition and functionally as you sit at a round table fortunately you know you can sit there there are no faces to a round table but i think having it kind of as a diamond on the inside will give you a little bit more leg room than if you did it squared across the bottom because then you've got more kind of surface area, more shelf edge between the legs than, I don't know, I could be totally wrong in that respect. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's something you could sketch up and play with, but uh, but there you go, Roberta. Hopefully that works. The notching idea will work, but have some fun with it. See if you can come up with something cool and uh, definitely yeah. let us know. Yeah, dowel is the right answer. Don't listen uh, to Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and also and also dowels. Yeah, um, that one. Okay, Prepare email. Got a couple emails here. The first one is from Ned. He says, I've been woodworking for about 15 years now. This is really interesting, guys. I, I thought 
I thought people would want to hear this because I'm, I'm wondering if other people have this experience that Ned's having. Uh, he says he's been into it for 15 years, and I found that uh, I have a problem whenever I apply Watco Danish oil. The results are great. I love how it pops the grain, etc. Uh, Woodworking-wise, but whenever I apply it, I get a headache and am very lethargic for a day or so after I use it. I use nitrile gloves, and my shop is well ventilated. I generally apply finish with the main shop door wide open on a bench near the exit. For all uh, intents and purposes, I'm outdoors. I've had similar reaction when I use wiping varnish that I picked up from Rockler, their Sam Maloof Wipe-On Poly Blend. This lethargy is so immediate that I have to essentially put on the finish, put the rag somewhere safe to dry, strip off the gloves, and immediately lock up my shop and leave it overnight while I go inside and crash. I realize that I've got some sort of sensitivity or something in both finishes. Uh, are there better gloves and or mask that I should look into for applying the finish? Is there another finish which will give me the pop that Danish oil imparts? Wow. So this is interesting. Hmm. Now, I've heard certainly of sensitivity building up uh, certain chemicals that you use. You could certainly, the more you use them, develop a sensitivity to them. Um, I've never really heard of the lethargy issue, just like immediately getting tired and and actually having it last a couple days now this is not you know i'm not a doctor i have no medical training so i'm just kind of uh from you just from, play, play one on I the internet haven't even done that uh you know just woodworker to woodworker kind of advice here first of all i would definitely see a doctor just in case like i tell them what's going on they may not be able to do anything for you but it's at least good to get your your you know your family doctor involved in this so that they understand that you are experiencing something uh from this but you know what the cause is um, I don't think with gloves, unless you're developing a sensitivity to the particular material in the gloves, I don't think anything is getting through enough to cause any sort of stuff going like going through the skin. So I don't think that's the issue. I think no matter what you do, even if you're outside, those fumes will waft up into your nose and you're breathing those in. So first and foremost, go out, get yourself a nice respirator. 3M makes a great respirator, the 7500 series. Um, I believe the 6500 is a new one that has a nice little handy quick release latch. Uh, get yourself some organic vapor cartridges. A lot of times when you buy it, that's what comes with it. And use that with these finishes. Um, I just applied some water locks in the shop recently, and I've got decent ventilation. I had the fans going. I, it's not quite the same as being outdoors, but it's, it's pretty decent. And I put that on there. And when I was done, I took it off to to leave. I could not believe how intense the odor was. The problem is, if I had applied that without the respirator, by the time I was done, I wouldn't have even noticed it. My, my nose would have been like totally inundated with the smell. I wouldn't have known just how bad it was. It's kind of like when someone cooks with onions in the house and then you leave to go put out the garbage and you come back in and you go, holy moly, it stinks in here. Um, yeah. You don't you don't notice it when you're in there, right? So without a doubt, Ned, get yourself some some protection, protect your lungs, and try again. Because honestly, I think if that's the case, it's all going in through your lungs. That's the reason you're having this extra sensitivity. And if you've been doing this for 15 years now, my guess is that's the reason why you have this sensitivity issue is because you haven't been protecting yourself uh, this whole time, even with the airflow. Uh, being essentially outdoors, I don't know that that's good enough to just go without protection at all. Um, right. So I think definitely get yourself a respirator. That is going to help big time. And and what the heck, give it a shot, try it. And if you still have issues, yeah, you might look into maybe it's the fit of the respirator or something, but you shouldn't smell anything when you've got that respirator on. If you do, then, then the fit might not be right. But give yeah, that a that, shot. That can't be emphasized enough. Anytime that you are wearing any, a, a respirator like you're describing and you have any odors coming in there, that immediately means there's the seal's been broken someplace yep. and – 
that is – and then on top of it, think about it. If, that, if that's coming in there, now you almost have it kind of concentrated right in inside mm. the mask, which is going to make make it even worse. Yeah, and, and I think that people have a tendency to think, well, I'm not spraying. It's not airborne finish. You know, so oil-based finishes are probably okay. And I'll even admit that I do that sometimes. If I'm just applying a, applying a quick coat of a wiping varnish on a smaller project, I won't put on my mask, you know, and I really should. Uh, and the larger the project is, you start to realize, whoa, this, this stuff is really putting out some serious fumes. So just because it's not airborne doesn't mean it's not uh, off-gassing all kinds of fumes in your face. You know, so definitely protect yourself and, and let us know, Ned. I'm very curious to, to see if you get a better result and you don't have that sort of um, lethargic reaction after you use it. What's interesting is this this buildup. You know, he sounds like he was fine for a while and this is kind of a recent thing. Yeah. Over 15 years and, you know, call it the, the ignorance of youth or hubris or whatever. You know, we, we do stuff. Oh, I'm fine right now. You know, I'll worry about that later. And, you know, if this is a lifetime hobby that we want to do. Right. Um, well, I mean, look at look at um, John Economaki, the president of Bridge City Tools. He can't really do any woodworking anymore because he developed a wood dust allergy over time. Yep. So now he, I mean, that's one of the, we, we thank that wood dust allergy for some of the cool stuff he makes because that's what got him out of power tools and into hand tools because he physically couldn't work anymore. Yeah. And that was not, oh, you know, just happened one day. That was a buildup over time. That that sensitivity issue was from years of not taking proper precautions and not protecting himself. So the alternative net is to just not be able to do it at all ever again. Sure. You know, yeah. and that's just sad. Yeah, if you need any recommendations further on that, Ned, email me uh, directly. I'll, I'll be happy to give you some recommendations for that that mask. But it's something I've talked about a lot on the website. Um, you know what? I'll put a link in the show notes as an answer to this, and that'll be easy for him to find. Sweet. Right, Matt? All right. Well, hey, this next question came in from Jason. And uh, Jason says, I'm going to be tackling a project soon that will require some long miters. I'm going to be joining three 48-inch boards in a U and need miters at each corner. I do not have a table saw. I have a bandsaw, a router table, and an assortment of hand tools. I'm primarily a hand tool user, and I'm a hand tool school member. Oh, my gosh, Shannon. You let this person down. It's probably when you're trying to drag in that 20-inch planer. Oh, my Lord. That <laughs> must have been it. He didn't say right. ex-member. Ex so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's a current one. So yeah. Yeah, what I'm just is, not subscribed to the right semester. There, that's exactly that was <laughs> you took my answer oh, no, I'm sorry oh, no so let me go on with the rest of his question here he says what is the best way to accomplish this creating these long miters I can't wrap my head around a way to keep a plane at that angle consistently over that long of a board do I get a, lo- a large chamfer bit and run it through the router table how would you do it by hand so what I was thinking is you know number one um Jason there are in my mind, there's there's a couple of different ways we can do this. I'm going to mention just two of the, the ones that are just really popping up here to, just to kind of be brief a little bit. Uh, there are two ways for certain that you could go about creating these long miter joints without the table saw. And the first one, of course, you mentioned it would be the router table and, say, the 45-degree chamfer bit. Now, if you were to do this, the key, of course, is to make sure that the edge of the board is pushed snug against uh, probably the, the router fence more than the bit itself. Uh uh, and then on top of it, you want to make sure that the face of the board is tight against the tabletop. So that way, as you're running it through, that uh, edge is going to be consistent all the way along. If anything, even if I were to do this, I might come back in and with a very light pass of my hand planes, just slightly touch it. Because once in a great while, there might be a little, uh, uh, it'll be off just a little bit. But either way, give that a shot. See how it works. Chances are you probably be able to get results, a good result from it, depending on the thickness of the piece. Now, 
my other option, and I kind of like this one, given your scenario, is to use the hand plane. And I know you're having a hard time wrapping your mind around this. But the first thing I would do, and I know Shannon loves this one and advocates this method. Why don't you use like a hand plane fence? They're awesome. They're easy to use. And especially when it comes to doing an angle, because you could essentially create a shot made version where you have, say, a 45 degree angle on it. Uh, it would be a little bit smaller than this long one. So probably something you could easily, again, do with the router table or maybe the bandsaw one way or the other. You could do it. Uh, create the uh uh, the angle that you want, and you could have that done in really no time at all. Now, another method, and I think, Shannon, you've demonstrated this one before, where is you could, at the end of each board, and let me try and describe this because I was having a hard time writing this one down and getting the description right. But at either end of the board, you would mark uh, the 45 degrees so you can see the line on there. And then, you know, how it would start at the top and then the, the other bo- line is going to be at the bottom. Well, that bottom line, you would then... Uh, let's see how to do like uh, draw a line from one end to the other, connecting those two bottom points on the 45 degree. Oh, you mean on the face side of the board? Yes. On the face side of the board, you would, you would have a nice line and use that as a reference line for when you start planing. So you would start removing that waste material down to that line. And what you could end up doing is actually by, by removing that, you still have your reference point at the top. And then you now have that line at the bottom and you just, stay between the lines and you could actually get a pretty accurate 45 degree angle or maybe it's less than 45 degrees. Maybe it's more. Either way, that's one way to go about doing it. And a third way, which I kind of thought of just a few minutes ago while trying, attempting to describe that is there's a great jig. It's a shooting board called a donkey ear. Uh, Look that one up. You could make a, a, you know, a really simple one. And basically you, you, you can create it whatever length you need. You set that down on your bench and then now, rather than trying to hold the board upright, you can move your uh, hand plane across that. And because it's a jig, you often might get far better results from it, more accurate, more repeatable results. And there are all sorts of donkey ear uh, shooting boards, uh, plans all over the Internet. In fact, I don't even know if I'm going to put one up. Just do a search for it, and I guarantee you'll find something. And those There's are the ways that school I think semester two, actually. There you go. See, if you would have signed up for Hand Tool School Semester 2, which you can use the links at Matt's Basement Workshop to sign up over there at the <laughs> Hand Tool School. <laughs> <Nice>. Smart. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Jason. I actually recommend give it a shot once. Grab a piece of pine and, and lay it out like, like Matt just said. You would be surprised. It's not as hard as you think it would be. No, because what happens is, is once you start removing waste, you can – like reference, take a look at your line on the ingrain and you can see, oh, I need to remove a little bit more to the right or a little bit more to the left. And because of the fact that you're removing, you know, shavings at a time, you've got quite a bit of time to dial that in. Once you get that angle right, if you press down on the plane, like referencing on that bevel you've already created, the plane will want to follow that. You'd be surprised that it was what, and I understand what he's saying, kind of wrapping his head around being able to hold it consistently over a long board. Um, it's really not as hard as you would think, you know, because the plane is creating a flat surface. And if the plane jumps and moves around on you, then that's areas where the board's not flat. And you can just tackle that one little area until the plane starts to ride evenly. The other thing is, and since he is a hand tool school member, if you go into the live session archive, um, you know, as, as a member, you've got full access to the recorded archive. The most recent one I did in June there is a technique in there for using a saw and an offcut 
to create saw cuts that can actually act as a depth stop that will allow you to precisely saw at that angle. So then you just plane until those saw curves are gone and you can make, you know, five saw curves, 20 saw curves, whatever you want along the board in order to ensure that you've got that right. So I advise you just log into the school, go into the archive demos and you'll see the most recent one from June of 2014. It's a technique I picked up from Sean Graham down in Texas when I was teaching down there, which is really, uh, really pretty cool. So, yeah, definitely. It it is one of those, once you try it, it's amazing. You're just like, wow, I I can't believe it's that simple. And I can't believe I fretted this long to do it. (laughs) Exactly. Cool. All right. So this question comes from David. He says, my job offers me a less than ideal situation that I move around quite often. The places I move may or may not allow me much dedicated shop space. This makes tool buying an issue, especially large, heavy machinery like a joiner. What would be a good approach for someone who heavily favors hand tools but is not opposed to power tools? Would it be a lunchbox planer and a set of bench planes? Would it all be all bench planes? And what exactly does Shannon's milling schedule look like to take a rough piece of stock to S success? Starts with a 20-inch planer, apparently. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> well, as far as my process to go entirely by hand from rough to surface on six sides, I happen to have a video out there um, that I did back in 2012, and my process hasn't really changed. Uh, we'll include that link in the show notes, but it's renaissancewoodworker.com slash flatten a board by hand. Um, check that out. That'll show you just on a smaller piece how I actually do that. But here's the thing. When was the last time you needed a board that was flat and square on six faces? Very, very rare. Yesterday. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where, you know, generally a reference face and a reference edge that are square to one another is what you really need. You know, the rest of the time, the other faces just look pretty. Um, They don't necessarily have to be perfectly flat or square. Certainly there are times when maybe three faces or maybe four faces have to be the reference faces, but it is rare that all six faces have to be that way. So you need to think about what do I actually have to mill and what am I just cleaning up the saw marks? And in what times do I even have to clean up the saw marks? I can just hit it with a scrub plane and, you know, we're good to go. So, and I think that's the the secret to doing it entirely by hand efficiently is knowing what really needs to be done and what you can just kind of blow off. But back to the original point, if you're if you're not opposed to using power tools, and is there really anybody who's opposed to using them? And if so, why? What's wrong with you? Um, the the solution, and I even talked about it earlier today, is you know I've got a planer coming tomorrow um, with a bench plane. Could be a jack plane, um, could be a joiner plane, but I would recommend going with a, a jack plane. You can get one face of that board relatively flat so that basically you can reference it on the bed of a planer, run it through the planer to get a flat parallel face, flip it back over and clean up your initial hand planed board, and you're done. Mm. So the the real hybrid approach, I think, would be a single bench plane and a lunchbox planer, not a lunchbox planer and a set of bench planes. If you are going to be using any power tools <clears throat> to mill your, your lumber, there's no reason to have five or six bench planes because really the bench planes are for milling. So there's, you know, get Low yourself angle. a smoothing plane and Low a jack Low angle plane jack, and, baby. Yeah. And that, that's all you got to do. The thing does everything. Well, not, not everything. Jack. Not everything as well as separates, you know, in terms of specifics, but holy crap, can you do a lot of different things yeah. with a, a low angle jack? Pretty dang close. And if you're, again, if you're just... And here's the other thing. The fastest way to flatten a board is to saw it close to size. You know, you eliminate twist, eliminate bow, cup just by sawing it down. Mm. Once you saw it down close to your size, you'd be really surprised how quickly you can use a jack plane 
to flatten-ish one face that you can then run it through a planer? Mm. Or again, does it have to be that flat for whatever it is you're building? So anyway, you can check out that link for the process of how I do it. And that video kind of shows the hard way without shooting boards or any of that stuff, just using layout lines and a plane. To that, yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's the hard way to do it. <laughs> There's lots of shortcuts along the way. Cool. Well, the funny thing about what power tools have done for us is they've made it possible for us to make a full board that's truly S6S, or at least for all in, yeah. intents and purposes. So you could see how people would get it into their heads that it's absolutely necessary. But you're right. Most of the time, what are you actually doing? You're referencing from, as long as you're consistent about it, you're going to only reference from one face or one side. So you're right. I mean, there's a lot of times we do go through all this trouble to get absolute perfection, but it's it's fairly easy to do on power tools. But if, if you really have to put that much blood, sweat, and tears into every single board, you really should be thinking a little more strategically about it to save yourself the work. Heck yeah. Yes, sir. Cool beans. All right. Well, I guess that's about it. Uh, if you want to support us, you can do that. We always appreciate it. Just go to woodtalkshow.com and we've got some recurring donation links in the left-hand column where you could send us a very uh, small one-time donation or a monthly donation if you'd like to do that. Also, you could buy Wood Talk t-shirts and just a heads up, uh, tomorrow, which I believe is the 8th, we are having a Christmas in July sale at the Wood Whisperer store. It's one day <gasps> only. It's kind I of a, love Christmas. It's kind of a big deal. And uh, what is the discount? 20% off. So if you've been waiting to get a Wood Talk t-shirt or a Wood Whisper t-shirt or the Guild t-shirt or anything that we've got in that store for the most part, uh, with a couple of exceptions, is on sale 20% off. So now's the time to do it because that's a good price. Good stuff. 20% off signed headshots of Matt, too. <laughs> oh, we need to get those, dude. The one with you in your sweater, the sweater picture. Oh, that's uh, those are very special pictures. Um, I don't My think people can afford them. <laughs> or our, our, our Nacho Libre picture that would be good. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I don't yeah. even know if I can fit in those spandex. Uh, I don't think I can either. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> twwstore.com is where you can go to find that, and don't miss it. It's one day sale. We don't put things on sale that much anymore, so take advantage of it. Uh, iTunes reviews. You could look us up in the iTunes store. Click on ratings and reviews, and click that five star rating, which we always appreciate. And uh, we'd like to thank Dave W.Y.O. and Matt is Buffalo. And they both oh. left us uh, some really nice reviews. And let me see if I could read one here for you. Matt's was kind of funny. He says, better than taking 1.0001-inch uh, shavings with a four uh, number four smoother, the sultry sounds of Matt, Mark, and Shannon have been captivating my earballs for quite some time now. It's my morning cup of audio bliss as I drive myself to the office. A greater podcast will no man knoweth. <laughs> I love the way he talks. Uh, the guys have been with me through so much of my life from that time I found a penny on the ground to stopping for gas this morning on my way into work to drinking that grape soda yesterday at lunch would talk travels with me wherever I go even number two and and frankly guys I gotta say that that I'm the most proud of wow. <laughs> definitely I, I of all the things words he have facilitating <laughs> bowel movements all across the yep, world yep uh, he says it's truly an enriching experience and I could not ask for a better way to help put my baby to sleep at night thanks would talk take it away boys very nice. <laughs> Had to read that one. Thank you so much for the reviews. We always appreciate that. And Matt, how about you give him the contact info and we'll get out of here. 
All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, a question, or a topic suggestion? There are several different ways to contact us. You can leave a voicemail on our Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Like our good friend, Roberto, who is actually, I think he's really, truly trying to find more advice on how to deal with family than he was to actually figure out how to work on their projects. <laughs> Try to help you out the best we can. And you can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. You can leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, you're going to find them at woodtalkshow.com. And that is for sure one of the places you're going to find that video with the best bull cut mullet you'll ever see in your life. It is so good. And don't forget, you can also find the three of us on our own individual websites. That's right. There's more of us, especially me, Hey-o. which you can find at Matt's Basement Workshop. Dot com And, of course, you can find Mark over at thewoodwhisperer.com. And you can find Shannon over at renaissancewoodworker.com, where he will probably be shining up his brand-new 20-inch planer. <laughs> yes, he will. Mm. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. See you. Bye. Bye. See ya. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.